Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. We stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Baker takes the snap. Rolls right. Throws down the middle. And Joku's got it. 520, 50, 10, 5, touchdown. Nick Chubb. Odell Beckham Jr. 89-yard touchdown. Miles Garrett did it, Doug. Around the horn he came. Rang the bell and said, Fires, it's caught, Lambry, touchdown! Here's Mayfield, back to pass, he throws, right corner of the end zone, touchdown! They got it, it's Landry again! Nation, uh, we get to discuss another Browns win. I mean, we're spoiled. Uh, uh, we really are. Um, although this this point in the season really makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. The AFC race reason, getting tight. For one reason and one reason only, look at the past 13 previous teams uh, from the Browns that have ended up 6-3. and three. The most recent one being yeah. when – Brian Hoyer was our starting quarterback. We ended up going that rest of that season seven and nine. We ended up winning one of our, one of our last seven games. Jeez. <sighs> Let's hope that doesn't happen again. I can't handle heartbreak again. I can't do it. Just can't do it. Neither can I. But you got to say, you got to like the Browns' chances going forward. We got, we got Philadelphia on Sunday, then Jacksonville, two teams that are on the losing end of the spectrum this year before we get into Tennessee and Baltimore, which are going to be two big games because this AFC race is getting very tight. Tennessee game is looking more and more like that one might be a win. It is. Three weeks ago, I would have told you I don't know, but now Tennessee is kind of falling apart. They really are, and that's really surprising me. Mm-hmm. Baltimore's game, though, it's looking like is going to be a uh, maybe a big playoff contending game because right now we are neck and neck with Baltimore for that six and seven uh, playoff seat. And we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with that one. I think that, like I said at the beginning of the season, I think we have a good possibility of having all three teams from our division in the playoffs this year. I think so. I mean, we know Pittsburgh's going to be there, but Baltimore's probably going to be there as well. Um, good news is uh, we have a chance to even that tiebreaker back up with the Ravens if we can get a win against them because right now they own that tiebreaker, sadly. And then I believe at that point it's strength of schedule. 
be the next uh, contested point? Yeah, it, it's conflicting because I don't know if it's strength of schedule or is it point differential. I'm not sure. Well, it's almost not point differential because we're not winning that category. No. So, but hey, this is the Texans, and we, again, we had another windy, bad weather day here at Cleveland Brown Stadium. First energy. And this time it turned out in our favor, unlike the Raiders game. And the difference here is the return of Nick Chubb. Oh, my God, yes, it was the return of Nick Chubb. Speaking of Chubb, I want to discuss this with you. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the breakaway 57-yard run that he had at the end <laughs> of the game that mm-hmm. he stopped on the one-yard line and went out of bounds? Well, I know fantasy owners are very upset. I have him in my fantasy league in my one league, but I wasn't upset because I, again, winning the game is more important. And I understand why he did it because if you look back a couple of weeks ago, what happened in the Atlanta Falcons game when they scored too early, it came back to bite them in the ass. I think the Browns just knew, just take the ball at the one, let's knee it, and let's end the game. But I know fantasy I owners agree. are upset. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that was the right call on Stefanski's part to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that the- – prioritizing ending the game with the ball in their possession is the first and foremost thing you want to do Absolutely. in that situation. You don't want to have any time on the clock to give the Texans a chance to come back. I know some people made the case, oh, well, the Browns would have been up 10, 9 or 10. Yeah, but, you know, let's, let's say something bad happens. Let's say, you know, uh, the Texans go down and they score. Something happens, and then they get an onside kick. You know, anything could happen. And the Browns didn't want to take that chance. Because you know what? What would have happened if that would have happened? We would have gone back and looked at that exact moment. Exactly. And people would have been questioning Stefanski at that point. Yep, absolutely. And Nick Chubb, too. But let's talk about this here, too. Speaking of the rushing game, the first time since I think I saw was 65 that we've had two running backs on our team both go for 100 yards in the same game. Yeah, because I know it definitely has not happened since the Browns came back in 99. I think I saw it was like 65 was the last time that happened. Wow. Not, so not even not even uh, Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack even did that? No. Wow. So when I compare the two, Hunt and, and Chubb being next Biner and Mack, actually they're better than probably Biner and Mack. I they're a duo that you really have got to watch out for. This game just proved it. Uh, they are very easily the best one-two combo in, in the NFL. There's not even a question about it. Oh, without a doubt. It. And with Chubb coming back and rushing for 126 yards his first game back, yeah, I'd say it's safe to say that we needed him back on the field. Yeah, and nothing to take away from Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a great running back, but the fact of the matter is the Kareem Hunt looks better with Nick Chubb on the field because what Kareem Hunt can do, what his specialties are, um, they become more prevalent with Chubb out there because of the balance. Exactly. But, yeah, so let's go into the stats here real quick. Uh, we got Mayfield, obviously 12 of 20 for 132 yards. It, it's You're going to expect that kind of a game – Sure. from both quarterbacks really in this kind of weather with how windy it was and how mm-hmm. bad it was. I mean, hell, look at Deshaun Watson. He was 20 of 30 for only 163 yards. And his touchdown pass was a shorter, like I think inside what the five or 10 yard line. So it wasn't like a long ass touchdown pass. But completing 20 passes for 163 yards. They, 
you got to throw short in, these, in this kind of weather. Yeah, absolutely. That's what beat the Browns, unfortunately, against the Raiders. And uh, um, I think I think the plus side here is, too, is that Baker didn't have to kind of go to that because Chubb was just – and Hunt were running so well. Whereas in the two weeks before against the Raiders, Hunt was being shut down, and that limited um, – everything the Browns could do because Baker couldn't throw the ball effectively. Hunt wasn't running the ball effectively. And sadly, uh, David Carr or um, was, was just tearing him up. Yeah. But there's not much you can really do about that. Mm -mm. No. As much as we want to control the weather, we can't. True that, man. Uh, yeah, so let's get into the rushing attack here. As we've been discussing, Chubb and Hunt – both hitting 100-plus yards this game. Chubb with 126 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown. Hunt yeah. with 104 on 19 carries. Well, Chubb, before his big run, was under, I think, 80 yards. Or, no, what was he at? He, he got 60 yards, 59 yards in that last run. So before that, he was under 70 yards rushing. Yeah, which, I mean, I was expecting lower total of yards from him. For his first game back anyway. Right. But busting through it, that 57-yard run. Yeah, that took the cake right there. Setting it up so that way he had over 100 yards rushing as well. I, that just goes to show what Chubb is capable of doing. Well, I was concerned in the beginning because it looked like Chubb at the very start of the game was struggling to pick up more than three or four yards of carry. But yeah. – um, I think it was just, you know, brushing the rust off and, and just getting himself back in the rhythm because by the time it got to the third and fourth quarter, he was running with a purpose. Exactly. And it, like I said, this first game or two, I would be expecting Chubb to be, you know, trying to pick back up where he left off. Mm -hmm. But well, he picked back up uh, and then some. And then some. Um, where is he at now currently in the running standings? Did he climb anything from uh... – uh, let me look and see. Tied for ninth in the NFL with five touchdowns. Wow. Let's see. I'm on ESPN right now. Here's a good stat while you're looking. He's averaging 6.1 yards a carry, and he's second in the NFL. Okay. Wow. Uh, I don't know whether he climbed or not, but he is 20th in the league with 461 yards rushing right now. I think he climbed a couple spots. I think he was like 22 or 23, I think, last time we talked about it. So. Yeah, and then you've got you. Kareem Hunt right now in 6th in the league with 633 after Six. this game. Wow. So he'll, so he'll probably get to 1,000 maybe in the next couple weeks. I have a feeling they're both going to hit 1,000. What's uh what's Kareem Hunt at right now? Kareem Hunt is at six thirty three. Okay. Oh yeah, they'll definitely get up both over a thousand. I mean, how often do you have two running backs on your roster that both get over a thousand yards rushing in a season? Hey, you don't see it mm -mm. hardly ever. Mm -mm. No, the Browns will have over two thousand rushing yards at least in the season. They got to be one of the leading rushing rushers in the NFL team wise. Easily. Uh, let's, I mean, looking at this here for our receiving, there's really not much to talk about here. No. Again, this wasn't a game where you're looking at, uh, receivers at all or throwing the ball. Again, no. it's because of the sweater. 
And the biggest thing is that you had Rashard Higgins with uh, three receptions for 48 yards. Mm-hmm. That I, I like seeing Higgins out there. Stand out. Yeah, Higgins is still making an impact, and, and I and I like seeing him out there being used now. And, you know, it's it's sad to say that in order for Higgins to be used, Odell has to be hurt or not playing because I think it's sad because I think Higgins has talent, and I think he has great chemistry with Baker. So it's really upsetting that it takes an Odell Beckham injury to get him out there and get him utilized and used. It just – No, I agree. It dumbfounds me. It's also nice to see Austin Hooper back out there too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Austin Hooper, you know what? He's more than just a receiving back. He, he's good at blocking um, on the running plays. Um, he's good at blocking he's on the, the receiving catches. He's the tight end that I really wish that uh, Najoku was. Yeah. He, he, I think he, he is the tight end that everybody expected Najoku to be. And uh, it, it's sad that Najoku turned out the way he was because I saw great potential in him, especially in the red zone with his power. Exactly. And I don't really know what happened with him. And, and at, at this point now, if he really wants to be out of Cleveland, I'd say give him the trade because you got Austin Hooper and you got a future star in, uh, what is it, Mitchell, the rookie tight end? Yeah. You, you, got, you got depth. Let him go. Get, get a piece for him if you can or a draft pick. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing that we got to look at at this point is always going to be our defense. But mm-hmm. – Biggest reason why that is because we took the hit with uh, Delpit getting knocked out with that season-long injury. Yeah, yeah, that 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 right there may beef up our defense next year. Uh, it may help. Um, I, a cornerback, the Browns are okay because Denzel Ward is having a good year. People, I, I think a lot of people are not taking notice of that. He is having oh, a yeah. pretty good year. Um, Greedy Williams still hurt. Uh, he's almost looking like a lost cause at this point because he just can't stay healthy to get down the field. Uh, we'll um, have to wait and see on that one. I'm not going to write him off just yet. And, you know, again, we, we, we talked about Sandejo before, and we talked about how he gets so much flack. And and I, I pay attention to him a little more so Honestly, now just see. this game made me th- start seeing a little bit of what people were talking about. Missed tackles, um, not finishing tackling, uh, missing missing coverage. He's got issues. I don't think that he's as bad as people are saying. I don't Mm-mm. think they should just trade him away for nothing or release him out, right? No. But I can see what people are getting aggravated with him for. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to go back and watch previous games to see if it's been a long-running trend with him. I, I guess it, it has to have been if people have been complaining about it. Um, but I mean, is this his rookie year or has he been in the NFL a couple years? I'm not really sure. It's his first year with the Browns, I know. Uh, let me see. I'm just trying to pull this up real quick. Um... I, yeah, uh, no, he's played. He's played for a few years at this point. I mean, he's thirty-three. Okay, so he's been in the NFL for a while. So these are mistakes that are not rookie mistakes. Then this is a guy that should be learning from this over the years. So I can see where the criticism comes into play. Then now, yeah. Well, he's a guy that I don't know. I don't know how long the Browns signed him for, or if he's a guy they didn't consider. Uh, we're just back. gonna have to wait and see on this one. Yeah. 
uh, on the defensive side of the ball, B.J. Goodson consistently staying up near the top of the list for tackles. Uh-huh. Five tackles, two assisted. I, he is going to be a, a good spot for, you know, talks of extensions if once it comes up for him. Yeah, I think you're I think you're spot on with that. He's he's made impacts in every game he's been in. He's been at the top of that defensive tackle list. He's making an impact on that defense. Uh Denzel Ward with five tackles this game. Miles Garrett with another half sack this game. Yep. He I, just continues his domination. He I think he is the front runner right now for defensive player of the year in the NFL. Well, if you look at his stats now, he now leads the NFL in sacks, nine and a half. He leaves the uh, the NFL. He's tied for first with forced fumbles, and he's got 23 solo tackles. Yeah, I think he's going to be a front runner for defensive player of the year, for sure. Absolutely. And, and you know, the thing it is, he would probably would have got it last year had not been for the helmet incident. So he's just picking up right where he left off. Exactly. You got Ogunjobi, that was the other part of that half sack, too, by the way. Ogunjobi, he's having a good year as well. Um, uh, Sheldon Richardson with the full sack this game. Uh, two tackles, four assisted as well. I've been very impressed with Richardson this year. Last year, he was very quiet, didn't provide much of an impact. But this year, I'm seeing his name called a lot. I'm hearing his name making tackles, and he's inside stopping the run. I mean, the Browns have a great run defense. The run defense really is do. great. It's just it's just the pass defense is awful. But, you know, again, if that's their biggest problem on defense, I like their chances to fix it in the offseason. I do too, and I'm hoping that that's what ends up happening is they fix these issues that, you know, are pretty blatantly obvious. Yep. But I, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, you know, uh, I've gotten into some disagreements with people, especially, you know, about, oh, you know, they're still dismissing the fact that the Browns can be a contender. If you look, if you watch the Browns week to week and you study them and you see that what they've done in, it's just in the past year and how they've developed over the past year, yeah, I think it's safe to say, and I think it's realistic to say, the Browns could be a Super Bowl contender in two to three years. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I think there's no question about it. If they continue to build around what they have and keep the, the pieces that are good in place, it's not going to take much for them to be there. No, it really isn't, and we're trending in the right direction. We just need to fix these issues, mainly on our defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. at this point. Possibly, possibly take a look at our quarterback situation. Yeah, it's unfortunate the last two games we haven't been able to get a fair shake of Baker without Odell out there because of this wind. And Sunday's game, even though it doesn't call for heavy wins – it's expecting rain, so it might be hard to get a good grip on the ball. So here we are again with another game, probably not getting a chance to see Baker be himself and see what he can do. Um, all we can do is hope for in Jacksonville um, next week that they get good weather and we can actually maybe see what he can do. Yeah. I, mean, I could be wrong, though. Maybe Sunday, maybe the rain's a light drizzle and maybe he gets to do what he can do. Yeah, it's just a matter of we're going to have to wait and see once game time comes around. Yep. Uh, really, I don't have much else to add for this. Um, biggest thing is, go looking at the team stats here, 
the Browns led in total yards, 356 to 243. Dominated. Yeah. Uh, the Texans obviously had a better passing game than us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not even by much, though. Not by, not by much. No, by about 30 yards. Yeah, that's not bad. But here's the thing that is the killer here. Rushing yards. The Texans had 90 total rushing yards. Yeah. Our defense shit on them. Well, um, I mean, I guess it didn't help Houston. They didn't have David Johnson. But I don't even know if that would have made much of an impact because, again, we've talked about the Browns' run defense being pretty good. And really the only teams that have run well on them was the Raiders uh, two weeks ago and um, the Ravens. Yeah. Because even the Steelers didn't. The 90 rushing yards compared to the 231 rushing yards that the Browns had. Yeah, that, that's just – right there, you can look right there and see why Houston lost. I mean, it's – Exactly. One-sided. Um, the Browns, again, uh, six penalties for 63 yards. Still that's a little an issue. issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they need to clean that stuff up, especially since uh, I think one of those penalties was a Jarvis Landry taunting penalty, which was – yeah, that was you – know, I, I know Stefanski wasn't happy with that one. No, and Jarvis Landry's a veteran. He knows veterans. Don't hurt your team. You know, your, your team already has enough struggles with certain areas. Don't make it worse. I agree. Uh, but, yeah, really, I mean, the Browns led in first downs. Uh, both teams had a 50% third down efficiency. The Browns were 6 of 12, whereas the Texans were 7 of 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them were 0 for 1 on fourth down efficiency. Yeah, uh, fourth down the Browns went for. Browns led in total plays of 62. Uh, they took only one sack compared to Texans taking two there. That's a stat that I want to point out. Baker has not been sacked that much at all, like in the past four to five weeks. Exactly, and it's because we have an offensive line that actually is doing their job, finally. I'd have to total up how many times he's been sacked, but I think the last time he was sacked a lot was the Pittsburgh game, and I think since then he's only been sacked maybe eight or nine times in, like, five games. Which still more than I want to see, but that's not bad. Compared to last year, it's a, it's a pretty bold improvement, and I just hope it continues here at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, both with four punts. We already talked about the penalties, which we need to improve on that. Yeah. Here's the thing that matters, though. The Browns led in time of possession. By a pretty damn good margin, too. 33-26, that's, that's substantial. Yeah. And we need to keep seeing more of that if we're going to win games. Unlike the Raiders game, where the Raiders led us by damn near 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, it was pretty bad in that game, especially since nothing was working. And it goes back to this. The Browns will dominate time of possession if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are on. No question about it. Yeah. When they're off, it's going to be pretty low unless Baker's having a hot game. So, yeah, that, that's something that needs to be stay consistent as well. You're right. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with this. And I'm hoping that we're going to see more – confidence really for the most part for the Browns yeah I want to see the Browns going forward um 
I don't want to necessarily say they need to get overconfident and, and, and put themselves well, in a position. Well, not overconfident, but they need to get more confident than what they are. Right. Um, especially when they start playing uh, Tennessee and, and the Ravens. You know, I want to see that team come out and beat these teams that are probably going to be teams they'd play in the playoffs. Um, the Pittsburgh game at the end of the season is probably not going to mean anything to Pittsburgh. So chances are they'll end up playing their backups in that game. So, but at the same time, the Browns might have to win that game to get in the playoffs with the way things are going right now. Exactly. So we'll see how that's going to go. But anyway, let's get on to this game coming up this Sunday against the Eagles. Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles. Definitely not the uh, the matchup that I thought was going to be a big one uh, beginning they of the season. They are 3-5-1, and one, and they are – let me see here. If I, I think they're leading the NFC stuff. East, are they not? That's what I'm checking right now. Yeah, they are leading the NFC East at 3-5-1. and one. Okay, that's just downright sad. That division is utter and total garbage. Why can't the Browns be in that division? Your guess is as good as mine. Because we actually won a challenge, I guess. I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, but looking at this, the Eagles have five players on the reserve COVID-19 list going into this game. Against really? The Browns. I'm looking to see who exactly. Uh, I think I have him right in front of me. Corey Clement, running back. Vinny uh, Curry. Defensive end, Vinny Curry. Uh, Deontay Burnett. Uh-huh. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and John Hightower. Okay, so they're, they're, they're pretty banged up as it is, so that should be an advantage for us. But we have a similar problem, though, because we got three on the COVID list as of yesterday as well. Yeah. Wyatt Teller being one of them, and that could be something that hurts a little bit. Just a little bit, but we're going to have to wait and see how badly that hurts us. The thing that is going to make me a little more nervous about this game is the fact that it looks like we're playing without Conklin on the right tackle side. Yeah, that's going to be a little concerning. Um, our depth is not the greatest, so somebody's going to have to really step up uh, with, with that. But um, the other thing I have a question about, too, is that I think Cody Parkey was on the COVID list as well. So what do the Browns do with field goal kicker if he can't go? Uh, I don't know. Because um, I don't think the Scottish Hammer can kick field goals. Well, you never know. We might have to see if that's a possibility for us. He might. Maybe Maybe they've been doing that in practice with him. Maybe he can. I, I, I don't like to think he couldn't, but, I mean, punters usually sometimes can make that transition successfully. Yeah. So I'd be, I'll be curious to see how that's going to go with these other three guys before uh, Sunday. Also, real quick, I just wanted to point this out here. Uh, if you look at our division right now and look at the records, mm -hmm. minus the uh, – obviously the Steelers who are undefeated right now, the Browns actually have the next best record when it comes to home games. Yeah, the Browns are 4-1. Four four and and one. One. Yeah, 4-1. and one. And, I mean, Which is unusual because we play worse at home, it feels like, than we do away at half the time. Sometimes it would appear as that. I mean, even, even, the Browns are even 2-2 two and two at, uh, on the road, and that happened to also be in Pittsburgh and, and, and uh, Baltimore, unfortunately. Um, but the fact that 
we can look at the Browns' record being six and three, and they're winning, and they're winning other games at home, which is very important. Yeah. Um, it just happened to be that two of their toughest games of the season happened to be on the road. Um, and right now their their point differential is still at a minus twenty eight, which is also surprising. Yeah. I. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, the Browns are really impressing a lot of people this year. Well, we should also mention, too, the Browns have the same record as the Baltimore Ravens. Now, who would have thought that nine games into the season? I sure as hell didn't. No. I thought the Ravens were going to be far and away leading this division. Well, I thought they'd be in the Steelers' position right now. Nine and nine and oh, eight and one. And here we go with the Steelers at nine and oh right now. And they're going to have another cakewalk on Sunday against Jacksonville. You never <laughs> never say never, I guess. I mean, Jacksonville could pull off the miracle win somehow. I think I think the Jags need to win Sunday against Pittsburgh so we can demolish them next Sunday. That that just seems like a good balance, doesn't it? Sure, sure. Yeah, that that sounds like a perfect balance. Yeah. Mike. Yeah, that'll make me happy. Therefore so. we can applaud we can applaud. We can applaud the Jaguars and then, you know, next week say, "Okay, nice job, but now we got to beat your ass." Shut the hell up. <laughs> All right, but I don't know. Do you got anything else to add for this? No, we might as well get right into our predictions for Sunday. I think this is going to be an absolute cakewalk, personally. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be somewhere along the lines of, I'm going to say 24 to 7. Wow. I think the Eagles are only going to score seven points. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do much. Yeah, I could, I could, I could see that. Um, I guess this just depends on the weather. Um, I think the Browns are going to win this game at least by ten points. Um, I think either way it looks. Um, I'm trying to decide how many points I think will be scored based on the weather. I, I'm going to say if we end up having a steady rain, the Browns will score seventeen. Maybe the final score will be seventeen-seven. Okay. Um, if the rain holds up, uh, I will say 27 to 13 Browns. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. But, uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jason Kabasik here along with Mike Winkler. We're signing out from the dog pound nation. Hopefully we coming back to you next week with some more good news. <laughs>